All right, this is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And OMG. This is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of London. We've got Armando McLean. Fantastic guest. How are you doing? I'm all right. Right on. Uh, you have acted at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, Cal Arts School of Theater, and Crowded Fire. Oakland yeah. Public Theater. And Oakland Public Theater. 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 Right on. <laughs> A lot of my start was there, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, you and Norman have known each other. How long have you guys known each other? Uh, maybe like 2002. Uh, it sounds like two or three. Yeah, it's yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, no, the beginnings of Oakland Public Theater. Really. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was the first show that I officially directed for the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where we met. Yeah. And you're about to go off to, I believe, overseas to England. Is that right? New York. I'm sorry, New York City. Yeah. It's close. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just shy of jumping yeah. over that pond. Yeah. yeah, you're doing, I believe, is it Othello? No. No, Julius Caesar. Caesar. Julius Caesar. Yes, yes, yes. The Julius Caesar that uh, uh, Oregon right. Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare Festival did a couple years ago mm-hmm. got invited to go to... Uh, to Fauna Theater for New Audience. Yeah. And so about about half the original cast is going to go, and uh, I'm lucky to be part of that half that's going. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to be there for like, you know, three months with work. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very nice. With work. Yeah, so, we'll, exactly. so we'll talk more about that and about you as I begin our podcast every week. How's your week? It was happy, wet. Happy third anniversary. Third anniversary. We got through marriage. And it was so funny. The next day, the day after the anniversary, mm-hmm. yesterday, I took my ring off. Because I was trying to do Tai Chi, and I wanted, yeah. I wanted to try it without. I keep getting these corrections on my hands, and I'm like, uh-huh. what happens if I get the ring out of the way? Mm-hmm. And it felt different. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot to put it back on, and I was talking to somebody that evening, and she said, so I heard you got married. And I went, oh, I raised my hand up, no ring, and I suddenly <laughs> dug through my pockets. And got it on. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's been the week, uh, big week. Um, <laughs> Everyday Alice started rehearsals this week, so we'll open in February, and that was cool. Um, and I got to do another day of teaching at SOTA, uh, School of the Arts in San Francisco. Um, Elizabeth is now in charge of the program there. Oh, really? And I've been kind of been her sort of on-the-side sub, mm-hmm. um, but she's like, I can't do that anymore. So I had to do all this paperwork, and I'm officially an employee of the San Francisco Unified School District. And then, and then all these teachers are going, hey, so are you available on this day or that day? Do you know anything about Suzuki? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what ends up happening, which is perfect for me, is I get to create my own curriculum uh-huh. and come in. So this one I did a day the week before and, and this Thursday. Um, and I decided I would do a thing on – I've been doing a lot of work around status. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. Um, and a lot of them have experienced that. So I can't start from scratch, but I can refer to it and then build on that. Right. So we did, um, there's a David Ives piece called Sure Thing. It's part of a yeah, set yeah. of plays all in the timing. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, like four years ago, I had split it up. I had a summer class, 27 students, and they would do this presentation at the end, and they said, you get eight minutes. I think we did it in just under 11 <laughs> But 27 students. Yeah. So what I did is I made the thing in the micro scenes because it's a repeating scene. A guy walks into a cafe. Is this seat taken? She says no. No problem. You know, sure thing. Ding. Right. Um, and it repeats. And it keeps changing and evolving. And it's it's kind of wonderful. So I made those a bunch of little micro scenes. Yeah, yeah. And set up three cafe tables. Mm-hmm. So I've got my Bettys, three Bettys sitting at tables. And these guys basically keep coming in and hitting on them. Right. And occasionally the Bettys get so upset that they leave, but it's just to do this rotation of people coming and going. And so for the class, because it's not that many students, I said, let's do it as a status exercise. Mm-hmm. So you can pick one of those characters as you, but the other one, you need to make find one that's high status somehow, find one that's low status. Yeah, yeah. And, and to play with it as an exercise in status work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the kids got it? Yeah. Yeah. They barely got the taste of it, and to be fair, the first class was my guinea pig. I had three classes, and the yeah, first yeah. class was my guinea pig, and I was like, we've got five minutes left. We are not going to be staging this today, so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Let me take your names, make sure that I've got you on a list, and then I'll come back, because I'm coming back on uh, Valentine's Day. Okay, yeah. I said, I'll come back on Valentine's Day, and we'll do this as a staging exercise now. Okay, great. 
Yeah, yeah. and they'll have like that that basis, so they'll be able to like just hit the ground running. If not, they'll the ones who can't will see the ones who are picking <laughs> it up, which is always. I used to be worried about trying to lift everybody up, but it's a crazy thing to do. It's like grabbing, you know, jelly beans or something. You can only get so much. There's always going to be some that fall through the cracks. Yeah. And a good teacher leaves space for that, uses that as a teaching moment, and definitely, you know, gives those people some love to let them know just because you didn't succeed. You know, it's, it's the thing they say about science. In the old movies, when you would say, this the experiment is a failure. That's ridiculous. No, the experiment taught us something. We thought this would work, and it didn't. What do we have to do? And it's the same thing for teaching. Well, especially, like, in, in theater and stuff like that. Like, if you're seeing your colleagues, like, make that sort of leap, yeah. you know, you, and seeing, like, they're here, but now they've done this, mm-hmm. and they were right next to me a second ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they actually can, like, oh, okay, that's that's what I need to do. Right. Or, or it is that, that attainable, you know. Well, and then I have... I have a warm-up game that is a big hit with everybody. Um, it's gesture and online. You talk to me. You sit in around a circle. And there's like three or four different levels of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, again, these kids have been working. Some of these kids, the juniors and seniors, have been seeing me for at least three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just sporadically. So they know the game. Yeah. I said, okay, so guys, we're finally going to make this an elimination game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, But using a technique that I know so that you don't yeah. just sit down and you're out of it. Yeah. And they got to see how the cool that was mm-hmm. because you stay in the circle, and then when somebody calls on you and you're out, you would have to – I tell them just gr- clasp your hands in front of you, hold your hand, hold your fist in front of you mm-hmm. so that there's a signal that you're out. But in the rush of the game, you mess up, and I go, Armando, and you just show me your hands. Mm-hmm. Now I'm out. And there were kids that got excited about that. So one kid was like, I'm killing this game. I'm crushing because people kept getting out. Yeah. And I said, so stop. Let's make this a theater moment. Mm-hmm. You are screwing your scene partners. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You're not making good connection with your scene partners. Because when you're in a scene and your scene partner's not as strong as you, mm-hmm. and you make that effort to lift them up, mm-hmm. here's what happens on stage for the audience is they see you connect and get everything your scene partner does. Oh, yeah. And even when everything doesn't quite make sense, the audience, one, they start making sense of it, mm-hmm. and two, they go, I'm not really sure what was going on, but they see that beautiful connection. Mm-hmm. But if you go, well, no, I'm a great actor, I'm wonderful, and my scene partner is crap, then the audience may agree with you, and that means your scene failed. Yeah. Or the audience may just be confused. Yeah. Um, and so I said, so actually, the better way to play this game is not to try and screw your scene partner. You want to keep the show going, because that was the other elimination. Right, right, right. It's two-second pause, you're out. Right. So you want to keep it going, but you want to make sure that you keep it going so that nobody gets out. You don't want your show in the middle of your show, somebody dropping (laughs) out. And and they were, yeah. yeah. And all the classes were able to get that and go, whoa. And I'm like, yep. Lesson for today that I didn't intend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really just like re- reinforce that fact that we're a part of the whole. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're telling the story, but we're all telling the story. Yeah. And yeah. your part is important, maybe in this moment, but like they have an important part coming up that they have to play as well, yeah. and you have to be there for them to support their moment as well. So, well, I always use uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, and two, you know, the the big first scene mm-hmm. when the prince comes in. This is an actor who gets to sit on his ass for a good twenty minutes from the top of the show, right? <laughs> they say places, and you say, maybe I should get in my costume now. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, but when you come on stage, you have to be the highest status character in the play. You yeah. literally have the power of life and death over everybody else there. Yeah. And you say that. <laughs> and you gotta, you can't come and go, well, I'm not that important, so you know, I, I, you got to listen to me or else. No, yeah. you got to come and go, boom, I'm the man. Yeah. And then at the end of the play, we go to the crypt, Romeo rushes in, there's Juliet, he thinks she's dead, you're the servant. Mm-hmm. And if you stand there picking your nose or watching the birds fly by, mm-hmm. that's what the audience is going to see. Right. But if your focus is totally on everything he's doing and you're totally connected and reacting to everything he's doing, you don't need a single line and you will make his drama that much more powerful. Yeah. Well, it's, it's especially with Shakespeare, just because like... You know, there's there's that tuning moment that happens at the beginning of of, of any Shakespeare play where the audience is 
tuning their ear to what Shakespeare, the, the sound of Shakespeare, the rhythm, and like right. everything like that. And if everybody around on stage is like really invested in what <clears throat> whatever that character is in the moment is saying, mm-hmm. and they're having like appropriate reactions to what that is, it's like, oh, that's a joke. That it's like, and you know, there's so much stigma about Shakespeare. It's just like, oh, I don't understand it. Blah 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 right. blah blah. And so like, if you think something's funny, but like you're not sure about it, mm-hmm. and it's like, so you start to stifle your laughter or your reactions. But if everybody else on stage is laughing along with what you right. think is funny, it's just, oh, okay, I do get it. I do yeah. understand it. And, right. I, and I really saw that in, um, when, you, when you did Hamlet, when you were Polonius. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the wonderful interaction that you had. This Very is when you were at the Arabian Shakespeare Company. Yeah. I think there was a point where you were, you were getting into um, the lessons that you had to teach. Oh, to, never, yeah. yeah. Never borrow, lend to be, and yeah. to thine own self be true, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And just, you know, and, and that was just one little moment where you're interacting, and it's not just the language, but it's your body language, and it's the way that you're inter- interacting with the actors. And the, well, and the way those other two actors are playing off of me. Exactly. That was what was fun for me. I didn't have to give them a lot of attention. Like, I barely gave Ophelia any attention. Mm-hmm. I kept coming back to him, but then I would love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> yeah. Which is what they, they, took says. Yeah. they took advantage of that. They were doing so much. So we were getting laughs throughout that scene. Yeah. And I'm like, That's right. And they were playing with each other. They, they were sort were of horsing around like brothers and sisters. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It was gorgeous. Yeah. And Nate, who also came up through yeah. um, Chabot, ah. I, uh, I, I, well, we can get back to that later. Yeah. But, like, but I, I coached him on, like, you know, there was an audition practicing class, and it's after I finished grad school. I was just like, I came back to the Bay Area and just like, okay, well, what am I going to do with this MFA that I have all of a sudden? Right. <laughs> Stuff like that. And so I went back to where I came up through, um, Chabot Junior College, and one of the teachers there, Dev Hassan, Linda's husband, mm-hmm. uh, I was really good friends with him, and I was just like, so I'm just thinking what to do and everything like that. Do you mind if I just sit in, sit in on some of your classes? Just mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm interested in teaching, but I don't really know or whatever. Right. And it was the, you know, audition practicum class. And he's just like, well, you can just co-teach this with me or whatever. And that nice. began my start, like, mm-hmm. in that area. And and I love working with, with young actors, like, one-on-one and everything like that. And, like, just helping them, like, because I went through all of the same things that right. they did. <laughs> it's just like, let me just give you some hints and, like, we can just get past the, you know, mm-hmm. BS that I was doing because I know. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and just really, like seeing them grow, like, in moments, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, but the period of 10 minutes, like, right. it's a totally more full experience and, like, full mm-hmm. investment and everything like that yeah. in just a period of 10 minutes just by asking them questions and right. making sure that they're specific about things. Mm-hmm. And Nate was one of those um, students, like, from the very beginning. He was like, yeah, he's 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 a hard worker. He's oh, interested. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. yeah, and then from there, like, you know, PCPA and everything like that, which mm-hmm. we helped coach him for his audition for, mm-hmm. for that program. Was Nate Learty's? Was that? N- uh, uh, I yes, think he was yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we got to get him on because he was good. He was yeah. real good. The boy <laughs> keeps running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm happy for him. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to get into it? Let's get into some current events. I'll yeah. read it and, Only you know, whatever pops, we'll hit it. So we're in our one month of the shutdown. And I hear right now that Trump is talking with yeah. oh, yeah, the Democrat right leaders. Now. Hopefully there's a compromise. Well, I don't even want to say hopefully. No. There's a comp. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I heard on, on the way over they said, so the compromise he's offering is he's finally gotten back to DACA. The, the, yeah, the dreamers. The dreamers. Yeah. And they're like, but he still wants the money for the wall. Right. Like, yeah, dude. I'm hoping Nancy will hold tight. We'll yeah. say absolutely no. I imagine. No, it's just. No, no, it's just ridiculous. I, I was at the, I was at the SFMOMA, like, you know, a couple of days ago, just to, like, you know, do my, you know, museum tour before I leave. And yeah. like that. Uh, there was this um, exhibit, um, this man, <laughs> this man was, um, he, as, as a, I don't know the whole story behind it, but mm-hmm. basically there's this really busy uh, street in, in China mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, I think it's Zhu Yi Li, Zhu Yi Lin, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And basically he has a co- four, four columns of like 12 cinder blocks. Okay. And because this street is so like, you know, vast and everything like that, and it's there's no stoplight for people to walk, the title of it is like Safely Maneuvering um, Such and Such Road. So he's basically like, he's built a wall, 
here, I'm just taking one brick from the end of this, taking it over here, and then keeps doing that over and over and over right. again. That's an art. This is his art piece. Right? That's his art piece. And it's it. like a, a half-hour like installation, like video projection, oh. like you know, like, uh-huh. and and you see this one man doing this, right? right. And I was just like, oh, this is so much that's going on right now. <laughs> it's like, like this one man is holding up the entire flow of everything. But it's also, but it also became a fascinating study of just like the the erosion of the bricks as he was moving from one to the other. Because sure. like, this is just one section, basically, because mm-hmm. he's moving one to that, to right. that, slowly moving all the way across the street. And uh, and bricks break as he's moving it, but oh, wow. he keeps going. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you just see, like, the energy. I became more fascinated with the energy of this man sure. who's trying to make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. And what's the weight that is taking on him and, like... And how nobody's coming out to help him or anything like that. It's just this, and people are on the sidelines watching right. just what's going on. He almost gets hit by a car like once or twice or whatever and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. buses going by. You can like hear the wind of all the cars going mm-hmm. by. And it's just, and by the end he has him on the other side, but he's just like de- totally depleted. <laughs> and that's interesting. And to, to bring this back to Trump, it's just like, what are you accomplishing right now? Like what? At what cost? To yourself, to your own credibility, and also you're just holding the country hostage. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. One sad story. I have no idea. You know, I'm hoping that there is no compromise. There shouldn't be any money for the wall. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But Same. I read a uh, story that apparently some TSA workers received a paycheck, but the stub has zero dollars. Oh, uh, What? Yeah. So they can just say that right. that way they can say that they've given them a paycheck. But yeah, I guess you know, like uh, I know how it is in in the government. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to be issued some sort of paper, right? Even if you're not getting anything, right? And the paper literally said zero dollars. These are air, air traffic control workers. Uh, oh, the air traffic control workers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's just absolutely horrible. Well, I imagine there'll be a compromise, but yeah, I. It, we're not. I don't think we're there this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> no, probably not. But but the whole thing is about like security and national security and like the TSA agents that aren't getting paid. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like is that undermining the? Is yeah. that undermining the whole yeah. thing anyway? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, there's some other stories. Uh, Cardi B called out Trump, and you know that. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. That was a beautiful. It's awesome. I, I, like I I don't think I've ever even seen Cardi B before, mm-hmm. and unfortunately because of clickbait I. Ended up seeing another video, and I was like, oh, that's you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But this was just her speaking her truth. And I was yeah. like, okay. Mm-hmm. And she called him a motherfucker. She has millions of, of, millions of um, followers, so mm-hmm. it's got to have some sort of traction. So yeah. I mentioned, I think I mentioned last week that there was a reporter that used the, the Martin Luther Kuhn instead of King. Right, yes. It happened again. Another um, uh, reporter, I forget where, I think Arizona, did the exact same thing, only he didn't get fired. What? So, you didn't hear about this? No, no, no. Apparently a reporter was talking about the weather or something like that, or there's an event that's happening. Of course, Monday is the celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. And he used the, instead of King, he said Coon. Mm -hmm. And the, the television station basically says, well, this is just a mistake. You know, he didn't mean it. Instead of Firing, I guess, you know. Because that just slips out of your mouth. Yeah. So that, that specific choice of words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a conversation with some friends. I was like, is that possible to have the oops? You know, can mm-hmm. someone can someone say, well, I'm not a racist. That just word just came out of my mouth. I just, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just ignore no. that. <laughs> I, I really believe anybody says, I'm not a racist, but. I'm just saying what other people said. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, yeah. the other one along that line is yeah. the um, Virginia. The um, is he the assistant governor? He's mm. a black guy. Okay. And so they celebrate. They are one of the states that celebrates Martin Luther King's birthday and Robert E. Lee's birthday mm. on the same day. Okay. And so they were doing their thing for that, and mm-hmm. he stepped off the dais and sat in a chair. And there are these all these pictures of him just sitting there while everybody else is standing up and doing the celebration. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that alone is powerful. It, the picture is incredible. Wow. <laughs> and uh, one, I, I tried to squeeze in a, oh, now this is the one. Um, Gilmar Ramos Gomez, a Latino Marine detained by ICE. Did you read about this? Yes. American born. Yeah. Yep. 
served in the military. Now he has some development. He's got PTSD. 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 Yeah. Because he served, in, I believe, in Iraq, and he suffered yeah. a lot. Yeah. And um, so he got picked up for yeah. a misdemeanor. Yeah. And instead of the courts releasing him to his mom, right. he, I guess, someone, someone within the sheriff's department says, "Well, you know, you obviously are a Latino, right. and you must be an illegal immigrant, so we're going right. to, you know, we're going to send you to ICE." Right. It's absolutely horrible. And it shows the co- the the collaboration. Now, I'm lucky that, of course, working for the DA's office, we're you know we're a sanctioned city, right? So we don't have any collusion at all right. with ICE, right? And the sheriff's department feel the exact same way. But there are other cities that do, right? Oh, yeah. and, we, and this is an example. American one, can you believe it? Yeah. It's horrible. Any last words? Uh, oh, there is the other yes. thing. Today is the Women's March. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty incredible. And it's weird because the only stuff I've seen about it is about all these things like there's infighting and um, what was the other one? Uh, oh, because of the shutdown, they had to change the route. They had to change mm-hmm. the meeting place that they were going to start from. Because mm-hmm. so huh. I guess it's snowing oh, in okay. D.C. Uh, yeah, okay. So they were like, okay, so instead of what we were going to do, we're just going to march by the White House. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that sounds like that works. Sure. But, uh, yeah. but it is. It's huge, and it's happening all over the world. Yeah. yeah. This is this is huge. And I, on a personal level, I've been a couple of places where I've heard women talking. Mm-hmm. Hey, so where are you going to go for the march? What are you doing? What's going to happen? I've heard this more than once. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so I think there's a lot of energy that's still there, but the media seems to be totally discounting it. Yeah, you know, it's and I saw a media event about... But I guess there's a March for Life that they're talking about. I uh, looked that up this morning. Yeah. That was the day before. Which is, of course, a right-wing march. Right. Anti-abortion march. Anti-abortion march, which I think is horrible. Yeah. It's funny, you mentioning the march. And, and, and Pence was there. Oh, Made well, a surprise appearance. Well, for that. you know, what a surprise. Right. I was talking with a friend of mine, a female friend of mine, and I talked about, oh, there's going to be a women's march. And she was like, does it even really matter? I mean, there's always these marches, marches, marches. And I'm like, I know that you feel pessimistic, but I'm sure there's a black guy who marched in 1963 when mm-hmm. King gave his to have a dream seat who did not realize the significance. Right, right. So you can chop down the redwood tree, and it feels like it's not going to fall. All of a sudden... Boom! Right. Yeah, gotta yeah. keep going. Armando, do you speak to your wife about about these things? I mean, these discussions uh, about they don't usually come up. I mean, we, we you know we have, we're observers and everything like that. Sure. We, we try to participate when we can, but we're usually just busy and, and can't, get, right. can't get to them. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, we've been there's been a lot of discussions about like you know race and everything like that. My my wife is Caucasian. I'm Mexican. <laughs> uh, and, and you know when we talk about children and and you know in the future and just like you know, what sort of world we're bringing them into and sure. like that, and, and just how we both individually navigate space yeah. right, uh, as, as different individuals and how, you know, a certain side glance might say one thing to her, but it's a different thing to me. Right, sure. and, and just making sure that, like, we're both on the same page about, like, how the other person receives that, yeah. you know, in, in that given moment and stuff, so... I don't know if you get the opportunity, but there are any number of times where something happens, mm-hmm. and I would sort of let it go. Sure. She'll be like, no, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and check, or I'm going to take this, you know, I'm going to take this receipt, and I'm going to take this back. And yeah, like, yeah. Mm. Or the worst one, which she finally understands now, I'm pissed every time I get a $100 bill from somebody in payment, because... <clears throat> I tried to go and get gas once. Oh, oh right, right. I tried to go someplace yeah. else and said, oh, we can't take that bill. I've been with her any number of times, seen her with hundreds, seen her with fifties. Always good change. Yeah. yeah. They, there's never even a blink or a question. Because yeah. yeah. they think the, the bill is fake, counterfeit yeah. or something? Yeah. 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 Wow, wow. Yeah. When the new bill, that's when the hundred happened to me, when the yeah. new bill started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they had the big, I think it was the 50s first, sure. actually, that had the big face. Yeah. I took that to a gas station. They was like, that is fake. Come on. Uh, we're not taking that. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is legal tender. You can call it. I'm going to call the police. Please call the police. <laughs> yeah. Please. Wow. Yeah, I had read back that there was a black guy who was arrested because he tried to cash a check at a, at a bank. Yeah, $2,000 check. That's right. I think we talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing it still happens. I think in 2019 that you would think that, you know. Race, racism is gone, but, you know, it's still... No, this uh, is just here for us to, to move <laughs> forward. That's what this is. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. High expectations for January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you 
So let's let's jump right into it. Alondo Alondo McLean. Um, Armando. 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 Armando McLean. Um, give us an origin story. How did you get involved in theater? Were you born and raised here in, in the Bay Area? Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, I was born and raised in Oak. Well, I was born in Oakland. Okay. Uh, grew up in Oakland. Went to San Leandro Schools, um, which is like a suburb or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my my family thought that that area was just more safe, <laughs> so uh, they sent me there. Um, and I, you know, there was no intention to like be an, an actor like as a, as a child or anything mm-hmm. like that. I sort of got into it totally by accident. Yeah, uh, I signed up for a journalism class my freshman year in high school, mm-hmm. and then on a dare, uh, somebody dared me to put down theater as an alternate, mm. you know, for your class schedule and everything like mm-hmm. that or whatever. Yeah. And uh, turns out the joke was on me because they canceled journalism class and I got stuck in theater. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I tried to transfer out of that class three different times because mm. uh, I was that shy, awkward kid, still kind of am. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I lost the pass. I don't know what happened to it. Mm. Second time, uh, I know the pass made it into my backpack, but it like disintegrated or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the third time... <laughs> The teacher is just like, are you sure you want to get out of this class because I'm not going to sign another one of these passes? And I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's just not my thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, well, you know, you've done some good work in this class. And, you know, like, you know, we would love to have you back. But, uh, like, it's like, what are you, like, a junior? Because I was like, we're still really tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I shook my head no. And sophomore? I'm like, no. And then he laughs in my face. He's like, don't tell me you're a freshman. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm a freshman. And he's just like, well, you should definitely come back because you've done some good work. Because by then, it's been like a week or so, or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. theater games, icebreakers, and stuff like that. And, you yeah. know, by then, you know, I realized I'm not dead. I'm still living and breathing. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and this, and the teacher was also like one of those really like mean teachers mm-hmm. who could like just totally um, explode your small high school ego with just a sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just totally like change your world yeah. <laughs> in any way he saw fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so the fact that this really, like, mean teacher was just, like, being nice to me was just yeah. like, oh, okay, well, that might mean something. So, like, I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. thanks, yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. But, but what he said was, like, what, what stuck with me was, like, well, you should definitely come back. We would love to have you. Yeah. And so I held the pass in my hand and, like, wasn't going to lose it, was going to walk straight to the office. And during that small, short trip, uh, thinking about what this teacher said, how the all this stuff wasn't that bad, and mm-hmm. like, but I kept coming back to that phrase, we would love to have you. Yeah. Which, you know, as a freshman with, you know, young uh, person of color with, you know, identity issues, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, having a place that, like, was going to be safe yeah, um, meant a lot. And so I got all the way up to the, to the office, and I thought about all of it again, and just like, what the heck is just a semester? And then I tore up the past, threw it away, and just that ended up being my favorite class. Do you, do you have siblings? I have an older brother, eight years older. Okay. What, and what does he do? Uh, he's in computer sciences, so he runs a help desk and uh, was at Chevron, but he's not there anymore. Okay. Um, but, but, yeah, it does basically help desk tech and stuff like that. It's interesting that you mentioned because uh, both Corinne Ritchie mm-hmm. and Helena are both – Afro-Latino, um, and uh, you know we've we've had them on. Well, Helena will be coming on in about a week or so. All right, yeah. <laughs> but I'm interested in the the whole because I don't you know I, I take for granted that I'm a black man, and so I don't you know identity. And of course, I grew up in D.C. at the time it was Chocolate City. Yeah. But when you talk about identity issues, is can you talk more about that? Just well, yeah. I mean, like you know. You always want to find your group in high school, right? Sure. The group that you hang out with, and like a lot of that, like actually does like set around race sometimes. You know? Sure. Mm-hmm. But but for me, you know, uh, my dad, my mom, and my dad, you know, my my father was African American, my uh, my mother's um, Hispanic, Latino American. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I was with my mom, uh, I looked like a black kid. <laughs> whenever I was with my dad, I was a little like you know Latino kid right. or whatever. So I was always like. And, you know, they got divorced when I was, like, you know, two years old. So, um, but he was always around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would hardly go out with him both at the same time. Sure, so sure, I would sure. be constantly shifting depending on what parent I was with. Yeah. And then also when I was in high school, it's just, like, I wasn't black enough for the black kids or I wasn't yeah, Latino, yeah, I hear you. Latino enough for the Latino kids. Sure. So, like, where do I fit? Because there wasn't a lot of people that, like, weren't necessarily 
like me, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in the mix uh, at the time anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so I would, you know, every every year in high school, I would be with one group, and then the next year I'd be with an entirely different group. Mm-hmm. Like it would shift every yeah. single year, uh-huh. and, that, and that's not necessarily to do with race or anything like that. But yeah. it's just like you know, I never because of that not being settled in who I was. Sure, I was sure. always searching for people of like similar interests in other ways. And sure. Like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think theater may have changed that? Like you, you get into the theater program yeah, yeah. because, you know, you tore up that, that hall pass. Mm-hmm. Um, were you among individuals where, because one of the things about theater, like yeah. I remember going into theater when I was in high school as well, a theater class. And, um, all of a sudden, race had no, you know, there was nothing, you know, we were doing all sorts of plays and yeah. we were jumping into other characters that had nothing to do with race and it just, it sort of changed my way of thinking. Yeah. Is same thing with you? Well, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the bargain when, you, you know, that's suspension of disbelief. You know, sure. It doesn't just happen mm-hmm. for the audience, it happens for the actors as well. It's just yeah. like, we agree that, like, this, especially, like, in high school, that this character is like a 50-year-old man, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to be saying his words and everything like that or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. not having that lived experience. So that that already just opened the door for, like, a wide variety of, like, people, characters, and experiences that I got to, like, um, play with. Sure. And, 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 and there, was no, there was no limit, there was no border or anything like that in terms of, like, what I could or could not play. Sure. Especially with, with our teacher, who was just very, like, you know, if you're here to work, I'm here to work with you. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so, um, and, you know, if you rise up, I'm going to give you more more roles and more responsibilities and everything like that. And I was a hard worker, so, like, yeah. you know, um, I just kept doing more and more stuff in that class. And, and, and that teacher specifically was, he was, he was one of the teachers that was just, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, bullshit anything for you guys. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going to tell you about the world cool. because you need to know about the world if you're going to be doing theater. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I seriously think I learned the most about life and, and everything in, in that class because he didn't he didn't hold anything back. And and he will, and if there were difficult difficult moments, he walked us through those. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's important. I, I had a teacher like that, a guy named Fred Lee, who's passed away, and he really cheap trucked he really treated us kids like adults. Yeah. This is, you know, especially when it came to theater, like, listen, this is the business. Yeah. This is what you need to do to get cast and all this sort of stuff. And if you can't ha- deal with it, then, you know, that that's on you. Yeah, yeah. And there's no shame if you, if you can't, but this is what the real deal is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you, so when did you learn that this is going to be a career path for you, that this is more <laughs> than just a class? I think I resisted it. <laughs> yeah. Just because of, uh, you know, the home training of just like you have to get a job that's going to make you money and <laughs> you're going to be okay yeah. or whatever. And I and I talked about this with uh, some of my other friends mm-hmm. that are also like you know uh, children of color and everything like that. It's just mm-hmm. like we already have a struggle. Why do you want to put more struggle on top of that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, and it's just like and for me, you know, as a kid, you're just like I'm going to do what I want to do right. or whatever. And then your parents are just like, but yeah, but. <laughs> do you know what you're signing up for? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I remember after we met, so we met with Oakland Public Theater. Yeah, yeah. We were doing uh, Run Perfectly Still, this very crazy Civil War play. Mm-hmm. And there was a black soldier, and I was really, it's so funny, I would approach it differently now than I did then. Because um, I really wanted to make sure we told that story. So, of course. I'm looking at you and I'm going, mm, you are so light-skinned. Oh, my God, is that the story we want to tell? Mm-hmm. And I fought it at that time. I don't think I would now. Because Lord knows historically, at that time, no, you <laughs> you would have been identified <laughs> as a black man. There would have been no problem yeah. with doing that. And, mm-hmm. you know, Give him a gun, he's going. <laughs> right. yep. Yep. Uh, and, but uh, you also ended up being a stagehand, and you yep. were just incredible. We had this crazy, there were these surreal elements to the play. So one of them was uh, the main family has a baby that dies, and they go to bury that baby. Mm-hmm. And we were working on a proscenium, so we put the... We put the debt up against a scrim at the top of the stage, and then they had to come over and climb onto this carriage mm-hmm. with this horse. And it says in, this, in the script, it says, the horse rears up at one point, and you see that its paws have turned into human hands. Mm-hmm. So we did a cutout of the human hands, you know, and just had the horse <laughs> in a regular stance. But every night it had to rear up, and that, that was Armando back there, oh, taking wow. this life-size 
looking coarse and lifting it up. Because you wouldn't notice the, the hooks. You wouldn't notice them on stage. Mm-hmm. And when it reared up so that you'd see if there were hands, you'd have to hold it there. Wow. And I really appreciated <laughs> it. And it turned out it was one of these lessons as a director that I had to learn. You can have an image in your head of what you think a character looks like. You really need to pay attention to the talent of the people that yeah. you have to pull from yeah. and go with that. <clears throat> because, And I found since then, you know this, I, mm-hmm. I can work around. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You do that. That's how you are. Okay, I know how to work around that. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna work with that. Um, but what was great was then I got my first directing job. Somebody just independently called me to, to hire me for a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frame of Possibilities was the name of the play, and it was a love triangle. And I said to the playwright who was producing it, um, I want one of those characters to be of color, and. Probably not the rich guy at the art gallery. That's probably not going to be him. So that makes it either the young artist or the female who's sort of the central character in the piece. Mm. <clears throat> Ended up with the Latina <laughs> and with Armando. And I had to fight to get Armando. <laughs> oh, <'cause laughs> because because she kept the playwright kept saying, "Well, I didn't <clears throat> write that. That was that kind of a relationship." Like, you did write a relationship, though. Yeah. I didn't have relationships. And then it turns out, I don't know if you knew, but later on it turns out, um, she was talking to one of the tech guys, and she said that this was a story based on her experience in D.C., mm-hmm. uh, where she had dated a black artist mm. before this law student got involved. She got involved with this law student who eventually became a lawyer who has who is her husband. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, so why were you fighting? Oh, wait, he's paying for this. I, I guess. <laughs> 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 this is a little Yeah. Armando was fantastic in that, and then he went on to do even more training. And I remember during that time you were... Um, you're working at that bar, that crazy bar in uh, <laughs> San Leandro. Yeah. Should we say that? Parker House? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. Yeah. Because um, it was late night, and mm-hmm. folks just sort of hung out, but it gave him a chance to sort of see, well, if I'm going to be pursuing this, yeah, yeah. this is the way I'm going to work a job. And when he had something to do, he could make, you know, he could arrange his schedule. Yeah. So yeah. even before you were getting Monday, Monday nights were my nights, because, like, that's when the theater is dark. Right. And, like, our, our, our the one who was running the bar was just like, yeah, that could be totally your night. And, like, right. you know, whenever you need it or whatever. And it, you can pick up other shifts if you need or whatever, stuff like that. Yeah. It was really great about that. Yeah, so, so I, and it was so funny because we would talk about career and doing stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm, I'm always <laughs> scrambling. So, but you're on the path. I swear. You're on the path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, then, and so then he ends up at CalArts. Yeah, yeah talk about well, that. Well, Backtrack. I went to uh, Chabot Junior College after after high school, and um, and you talk about these moments where where uh, like it clicks that like this is what I want to do yeah. for the you know this is what I want to do. And like as soon as I got to Chabot, I was in their like theater thirty class, which is basically like run by the students. Like mm-hmm. the students write the shows, students direct the shows, cast all that stuff, and um, and that just gave me like a really good. Uh, background just in terms of like what it is to make a play from the ground up yeah you know and I took that class every single year that I was there um, and and it became one of those things where it was just like you know I was at Chabot and just became kind of an extension of high school where I was just mm-hmm. like I'm just taking my theater classes <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. ignoring all my like general ed or whatever yeah. I was yeah. on the, the, the proto-final year program <laughs> that year track or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but there became a point where it's just like okay they give you the big award at the end like they do award seasons right and, like, you get the the theater award, your overall theater award, blah, blah, blah. We used to call that the Get the Heck Out of Here Award. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, you, mm-hmm. you're done. Go. We're right. gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, one of one of my colleagues at the time, a uh, fellow student, um, told me about CalArts because I didn't know. I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, well, I guess I should start, like, actually applying to schools mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, th- I really only applied to two. I just applied to, like, Juilliard and CalArts at his suggestion. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, I, what's CalArts? And I looked it up, and I was just like, oh, Don Cheadle went there. Right. And, like, Ed Harris, like, when yeah. I was there, actually. Oh, really? Yes, I was wow. there that year. Wow. Ed Harris. I, never told I, that. I did. I did. <laughs> I did one year at CalArts. Well, and uh, and that, was the, uh, that was our first year. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, before you got into CalArts, uh, yeah. when you were at Chabot, did, was one of your teachers Linda Ohamayo, Amayo Hassan? Yes, Linda Amayo Hassan. Right on. Yeah, I, I worked with almost every teacher there. Linda Amayo, 
uh, her husband Dove, mm-hmm. uh, Joel Molinex, uh, oh, S- Joel. Yes. yeah, Stephanie Hunt, um, and Margot Hall, of course, she directed me in Spark <coughs> when we did it there, um, and yeah, it was it was a really great experience, and also just a good model because these these are t- educators mm-hmm. who are also working actors. Yeah. You know, they had their own theater companies in the city that we could go and see. Like it's like oh, it's like are they you know they're talking the talk, we see them walk the walk, and they do <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like big time, especially Margot. So yeah, yeah, we had Linda on as a guest, and mm-hmm. uh, so it was wonderful her talking about being an actor and also a teacher as well. Yeah. So what about Cal Arts? Yeah, uh, I'll go back to the audition process sure. first, because uh, mm-hmm. I did the audition for Juilliard first, and uh, this big cattle call, and everybody's like in a room, we're all warming up together and everything like that, and like, you know, the three guys, the three white guys, <laughs> are auditioning us, and they, before we start and everything like that, because by now they're like, you know, they start East Coast, and they finally end up in San Francisco, right. so they have a pretty good idea of like what their roster is going to be anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that when, you know, I was auditioning. Sure. Uh, and then um, they say, well, you know, you've all paid your money, so we will see you all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, doesn't mean that everybody's going to get called back. Um, we'll do a session, and then at the end we'll post if anybody's called back or not or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And my friend had just done it the day before, and he's like, nobody from my group got called back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you know. I'm just going to put it out there. You right. know? And it was very, it felt very impersonal, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I did the thing and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the our group ends and, like, I'm getting my backpack on to just, like, rush past the thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes past and, like, I see a bunch of disappointed faces as they go by. I'm just like, okay, great. So I go by and then I actually see my name. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, all right. So they have you come back and then they work with you a little bit or whatever. And um, it was cool, but it didn't – from – that point, it didn't necessarily feel right. It felt mm-hmm. like I would be going to that place just because it's a name or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the Cal Arts audition, which was totally different. And I think they were being a little cheeky too. But like when they were talking to us before the auditions, um, they were just like, "We're really interested in what you have to say as an artist." Yeah. You know, your voice. We're not going to be like some of these other programs where as soon as you open your voice, everybody knows what school you came from and everything like that. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. I think that's a particular dig at Juilliard. But, <laughs> but, but, but I'd never, like, thought of myself as an artist, mm-hmm. let alone, like, that somebody would be interested in my voice. Right. Yeah. So as soon as he said the, that... I was just like, oh, well, I have to get into this place. <laughs> this is this is where I have to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, and so, like, I don't know, it just gave me that little extra oomph for my audition. Mm-hmm. And, like, I go in the room, I do my pieces, and then they have me do it again. And they had me do this exercise where, you know, like, get on your knees and do your Shakespeare, like, with your arms open, eyes closed, and just, you know, as with as little on it mm-hmm. as possible, so as honest as you can be. And it was totally different. Wow. You know, and it was, um, and I was moved in ways that I didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, but I think the fact that I was, like, open to that mm-hmm. and, and available to those, like, sort of, like, that I was capable of that change in the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. That I wasn't locked into this one thing. Yeah. Uh, is what got me into that school. And then when I get there, I, I you know, it's a very avant-garde school. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, they have a nudity policy, if you want to be naked on campus, you can. <laughs> some people take advantage of that, some people, lots of people don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, it, but it was also the first time that I was, like, really immersed in art. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, theater, but they had a little dance yeah, school. School was incredible. Uh, film, film, film. Yeah, film program. Um, mm-hmm. The animators there, all, all of them end up, like, at least looking at Pixar. You yeah, know, yeah, right. the, the school's owned by Disney, you know, it was right. started by... Um, they were snatching students when I was there. Yeah, yeah. You know, the student would, because you know the freshmen, you get yeah, all yeah. there together. And I remember one girl did not finish her, her second semester was going to intern for <laughs> Disney. Yeah, yeah. That was, that. they were like, you're going to go do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, direct connects, mm-hmm. uh, as far as animation ones. Yeah. And there's a whole concept, I mean, you were talking about how they asked you to, remove all of your pretenses or whatever, doing the Shakespeare piece and just do it, you know, just, you know, eyes closed and your hands out. Um, and we've talked about, you know, sometimes schools will strip away the stuff that oh, you yeah. already have mm-hmm. and just get to the bare bones and to remove all of the, um, your, 
your cliches and your yeah. sticks. Was it, was it that was Who it was that dean way? there at that time? Uh, Eric Ann was the dean. Oh, uh, right. But Marissa okay. Chibas was uh, mm-hmm. the one who was auditioning, and I think Nataki Garrett was there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and that's but that's what. <laughs> so I'll jump to this, but that's sure. what grad school became. It's just like you're totally deconstructing yourself mm-hmm. and putting yourself back together in a way that's like more in terms of like who you want to be and sure. who you are mm-hmm. and everything like that. And so. So I did my first year at Kellogg's as, like, an undergrad, mm-hmm, right? Great. And then, um, but, you know, I was obviously older than some of the kids and stuff like that. And, and I had a little bit more experience. And anyway, for some reason, <laughs> I'm very thankful for it. They asked towards the end of my first year there, would you be interested in entering the MFA program? Mm. And so BFA is four years, and I was going to start from, like, round one and go the full four years. And then MFA is three years, so it's just like, well, it's no more time, mm-hmm. and it's the same price tag. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, tell. yeah, it's mm-hmm. like two for one, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I ended up having to take, because I was slacking off at Chapeau, I had to take my undergrad classes during the summer and also on top of my um, graduate classes. Mm-hmm. So, so after that first summer... I went back to Chapeau and did all that general stuff. And I was truly motivated now because I knew I was like, I, I have this special thing. I can't mess it up or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I, and then I go back to CalArts and like, it's, it was, it was odd just because like my BFA class was still there, mm-hmm. but I was now in this new class. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was also this like tension and a little bit of stigma of just like, well, why does he get to do that? And I don't, right. you know, or whatever. Um, but it was totally the right choice for me, right? Obviously, and 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 the class was much smaller and more mm-hmm. intimate, mm-hmm. and um, we got to like go deeper mm-hmm. and 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 really do that grad school thing where you just like like I said, taking yourself apart and being like stripped, like both physically and emotionally, like mm-hmm. day in and day out, mm-hmm. uh, in ways that you surprise yourself and, yeah. and are allowed to grow. Yeah. I remember being so surprised when you told me about this. I was like, yeah. whoa, dude. Because I, yeah. I always wanted to see you go to the next level. Mm-hmm. And to hear that you went someplace and people just sort of validated that in this huge way. It's like, no, we're going to take you to the next level. <laughs> just skip. Yeah. Just skip. Yeah. Just skip. Like, someone tells you, hey, you're, you're up for the MFA. And, hey, that's, that's just awesome. Yeah. So it was cool. And then he came back and immediately was picking up all this weird work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's, here's a question for you, Norman. Because mm-hmm. you've known Armando mm-hmm. um, before and after. Mm-hmm. Did you see a change? You know, he's a little bit taller. <laughs> I mean, he just carries himself yeah. with a little more weight yeah. than he used to. But, I mean, like mentally and psychologically, I mean. A little bit, but more than any. I mean, he was always he was always wonderful clear. I mean, it's one of the things I always enjoyed about you. You were really clear and incredibly flexible. I mean, I think that comes from that program because I felt that was true. Like, have you seen or been in touch with Kai since you've been back? No, no. Okay. Um, there were a whole bunch of group of people. Mm-hmm. That's probably how. Yes, yes, that's that exactly is, how. That is probably yeah, she, how. They Kai. told me about that. Yeah, um, I worked with Kai on a number of uh, projects with Word for Word, and then with um, Oakland Public Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we got you in, yeah, I, I knew I could throw almost anything at you, and that you would find something and find it. It would be grounded. It would be. It'd be a way where it could be real. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, people have trouble with. I mean, I know I'm, the character I'm working on now in Everyday Alice, I'm like, I'm trying to make this something other, and I need to, you know, I need to get that out of my system, because they asked me to do it. (laughs) Right, right. So, I should assume that there's something that I have that is this character, and it felt like you were already doing that. So, I wasn't surprised to see you go on with it. And then when you came back and you were picking up all the little, you know, like, what is it, um, how I almost got away with it or whatever it was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the film, the, the, the TV, TV thing. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was just. <laughs> I don't oh, know you did TV? Uh, it was like very. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these silly, silly cable shows. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But they shoot a lot here. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, a lot on Treasure Island and stuff like that. It's like basically like they, how I how, how I almost got, got away with it. Yeah. And uh, so they, you know, they have testimonials and they have the actors that like, you know. Mm-hmm. The actor portrayal, right. <laughs> like the actual story, and right. stuff like that. So I did that like once.
once or twice, I think, mm-hmm. or whatever, and some extra work. I was an extra in rent when it was what? or whatever. Yeah. Sounds like you got work almost immediately after school. Uh, I've been fortunate, like since yeah. school, to like be kind of like working consistently. Nice. Um, like some some paying, some not, right, <laughs> but still right. working. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, very fortunate. And, um, I, I stayed in L.A. after graduation for about, like, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you graduate, you do the showcase and, you know, meet with agents and right. all these things. And I got picked up by one and ended up working at a Pasadena Playhouse on a show called um, The Night as a Child. Um, Charles Randolph, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that was my first, like, professional gig. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was like, Excited, Joe Beth Williams was the lead and everything like that. Wow. Yeah, she was great. Um, and it was great. But, like, what they don't tell you, like, after you graduate, like, this close-knit, you know, company of friends and yeah. colleagues, everybody goes into survival mode. Right. And they just go yep. in yep. all different directions. Oh, and, like, all these, like, you know, connections and everything. It's like, oh, we're going to take on the world together. It's like, sometimes that works. A lot of times people just go and do their own thing because I have to. Um, And so I wasn't necessarily prepared for that. And plus, like, you know, being down in L.A., I didn't really have any family or any connections connections yet to, like, just, like, I'm just going to couch surf or whatever. Mm -hmm. (coughs) That's what all my friends were doing. So there's no couches left. (laughs) So so I was really just, you know, struggling to um, make ends meet and uh, working a job that was, like, an hour and a half away, <laughs> oh, well. like having to like really siphon my gas so like mm-hmm. I don't like right. I can't go and get food because I need gas to get to my job. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing. And then I ended up working at this place called um, Theater 150 with uh, Jessica Kubsansky, who mm-hmm. went to CalArts. Oh, and she's okay. a uh, artistic director at Boston Court mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in Pasadena. And she gave me a job there as a player king in Hamlet and, mm-hmm. and a couple other things. <coughs> Pardon me. And, um, and then the following summer, I got to uh, be in uh, Winter's Tale oh, playing oh, nice. Cleomenes, uh, you know, combination of, like, a lot of the messengers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I also got to play the bear. <laughs> so there's this big, <laughs> huge, like, <laughs> like, living suit that I, and puppet that I got to, like, Actually, oh. come on stage and like oh. play with the person and everything like that. Oh, wow. Lift them up, right. Right. swipe at them, and then run uh, like run them off stage. For people like who don't know, this is this is probably <coughs> the most famous uh, stage direction of all of Shakespeare. Exhumed, followed by Bear, <laughs> and I was there. <laughs> this character has this beautiful monologue yeah. to kind of take us from the first half of the play into the second half of the play. And then it's exhumed, followed by Bear, and <laughs> yeah. Wow. And every production has to figure out what the hell they're going to do with that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have a funny story about that. Mm-hmm. So our second, our second year in grad school, my third year at CalArts, mm-hmm. uh, is basically our Shakespeare component. And um, our teacher, Mariana Djokovic, uh, she was talking about Shakespeare and just like you know saying all these beautiful things about it. And she was talking about like he's like, and then he's like so diverse. He does like comedy and like drama, all these things, and then all of a sudden, like, Winter's Tale. She's a big gesture right, with yeah, Winter's yeah. Tale. And all of a sudden, you know, this whole thing's happening, and then Bear appears. Three times Bear! And then we're all looking at each other. It's like, the bear only shows up once. <laughs> but we don't say anything, because she's in her moment. She's like, you know, gesticulating and calculating and everything like that. And so it just became a running thing with my class. Right. It's like, that was good, but was it three times Bear good? I don't know. <laughs> so that's something we still use to this day. It's just like, if anything, <laughs> from that class in that moment, like three times bear became like our like our, our go-to <laughs> rally cry. What brought you back to the Bay? Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, so it was my second second year doing um, the theater 150, and I was at uh, Winter's Tale and everything like that. And uh, on the way to rehearsal, I I got into a car accident. Oh. And uh, I'm okay. Everybody's okay, but my car was totaled. Right. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, yeah, L.A., no car. <laughs> yeah, L.A., no car. That's not really going to work. And then, um, but previous to that, I had done uh, the TBAs uh, up here in the Bay Area. I got called back for uh, SF Shakes tour um, uh, to play um, Prospero oh. and, to, and The Tempest. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
literally like five minutes after I got into that car accident. I'm not kidding you. I get a phone call. I don't answer it <laughs> because I've just been in right. a car accident. <laughs> but when I'm on the side of the road, like waiting for things to, you know, get sorted out, right. I check the message and it's Rebecca Ennels offering me a job up mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. So I'm just like, L.A., car totaled, job up in the Bay Area. I think this is the universe telling me to come home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty pretty clear sign and so that's what basically brought me back and that like you know was able to sustain me um doing that for a while 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 i was also looking for that other work and everything like that so it was a, it was a good gift to bring me back and yeah, we bumped into each other at bart yeah he's yeah. like you're back here so like, yeah man <laughs> how you doing <laughs> yeah that went quick <laughs> How is the how is and this is probably my last question because I know normally you have to go. Oh, sir. How is the Bay Area treating you as far as an actor? Are you getting a lot of work? Are you doing the things that you want to do? There are a lot of folks who want to get out of he here. He went to fucking Paris. <laughs> there you go. He went to Paris before I did. I was so mad. I was so mad. And I had to, and I've been mad at a lot of people about this. You were the one that broke that for me because I was like, I can't keep being mad about this. I got to be happy for my peeps. I, I yeah. you deserve to be there. Word for word. Damn you. Word for word. And you've been working with them longer than, you know. Yeah, when I met you. I was <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was able to, fortunate enough to get cast in that in that show that was um, um, When All the Men Are Gone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. About women who, like, you know, deal with, you know, the trials of, like, being married to men in the military and, like, what that does oh, in relationships and what that does, like, with home life and everything like that. And, yeah. Um, but it was, you know, word for word. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. They oh, use yeah. all the text. Right. So, yeah. No, because yeah. I, went, I went last year. So yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, yay. Yes. I finally got on that list. Exactly. And so I was, and then I got you to go. You've also been on uh, Livermore, right? I was at Livermore, and that was my first, like, leading Shakespeare gig. You know, like, for me, like, because while I was back at Chabot, I went to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival as, you know, a school trip and everything like that. And I didn't really, like, like Shakespeare that much uh-huh. because I didn't really see myself in it. You know right. what I mean? Right. So for me, the idea of Shakespeare was just like a bunch of white people running around in pumpkin pants poking each other with swords. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like, yeah. I, where do I fit in in that? Why, why you, but then I go up there, and I see um, Othello, mm-hmm. and it's Derek Lee Whedon's Othello. Right. And, you know, he's a man of this voice and everything like that. He mm-hmm. can fill the room with this sort of timbre and, and voluptuousness uh, in, his, <laughs> in his voice. Uh, and Tony Heald playing Iago. And... It was the first time that I'd seen, I think it's actually the first time I'd seen Shakespeare done well, mm-hmm. for one, right. because I could understand everything that everything everyone right. was saying on stage, right. and then two, it was just like, this person of color, this black man, this man who could be me, right. is at the center of the story, right. you know, everything is, is going around him, and mm-hmm. what he's feeling, and his opinions about it, and everything like that. He's not a side character, he's not a relief character, he's not a servant, right. he is the man. He's the general. And so, and so I just, you know, I just kept leaning in more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it just became this, uh, it made me fall in love with Shakespeare, that play, that yeah. production. And, and, but that's, but in my mind, it was still like, but that's the only re- leading role in Shakespeare that I'd be ever able to play. Mm-hmm. And, um, and instead you've done what? <laughs> instead of, but Livermore sort of broke that idea for me by casting me as the Scottish king. Uh, Macbeth. So mm-hmm. I was just like, "Well, I'll audition for it, but you're probably not going to cast me because <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's Scottish, and you know, yeah. I'm McLean, but still." Yeah. But you became in the band Macbeth. Yeah, I got right on. on. Yeah, that's fantastic. So it sounds like the Bay Area has treated you well. You're getting yeah, a lot of work and lovely. It's been lovely working mm-hmm. here and being a part of this community and, and being able to like, you know, bump into colleagues and like mm-hmm. renew. It's kind of like its own like larger rep company because just continually work with similar people over and over again yeah. and you get to have that like sort of shorthand that like mm-hmm. we know each other we know like I trust you instantly when I'm on stage with you or mm-hmm. when we're rehearsing right when so you we know somebody like that yeah. exactly yeah. so you can just jump in you don't have to like be like yeah. timid or anything like that you know that's a great concept the, the entire Bay Area theater community as a sort of repertory community mm-hmm. regardless of what company you're in that's, that's the healthiest way to think that's about the it. healthiest yeah. way to think about <laughs> it <laughs> no because the other thing I would say is you're you're still a young man, but you've been at this for over a decade. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so people will go, "Oh, well, you're you're new to this," and you're like, mm, "I paid my dues, <laughs> right? I paid right. yeah. plenty dues, <laughs> lots of dues. <laughs> my due card is still that. <laughs> I had to get two. <laughs> let's let's do shout outs. 
shout outs. So I'm I'm so happy this I'm rediscovered our Facebook page. <laughs> and that makes it easy to go, oh, yeah. okay, what are people oh, you doing? See, you see, I learned how to do a poll on, on Facebook. <laughs> oh. um, so let's see, who is this? Uh, Rich Sargent, uh, his birthday from a couple of weeks ago, he's got the Black Eyes Theater Company mm-hmm. up in Tahoe. Um, and they have two more shows, he says, uh, for the first their first season in Tahoe. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and our second season will bring a collaboration. The show Never the Sinner will be performed at the Exit Theater and at South Lake Tahoe um, in March 2020. So that's pretty cool. Um, and somebody just told me that they are... Uh, Danielle Kane, also birthday a couple of weeks ago, um, is uh, doing dirt. You know Danielle? Yeah, 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 I do, I do, I do. Um, she's doing Gertrude in Hamlet at the Spreckles Theater, directed by Sherry Lee Miller, mm-hmm. and starring Keith Baker as the hamster. <laughs> That's cool. And I think I've got a couple more, but I should also just do straight up birthdays. Where is that? Uh, David Diggs, of all people. It's his birthday this week, this coming week. Um... Ella Zalon is a young person I've known since she was three. Uh, Wendy's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Wendy okay. Belden, play that uh, first play that Marmando and I did together. Um, her daughter um, is now, I think she's 21 or really close to 21, and she's doing theater. Oh, wow. Um, so her birthday's coming up. Holly Maddox, and Holly actually sent me a thing about a show she's doing. She's in a directing program. Um, Jola Branner. Is, um, I talked about it before. He was one of the original people in Apropomo Homos, which was a big thing, performance thing here. He's uh, primarily a dancer, and he's been up in the Minneapolis area area for at least a couple of decades now, but theater guy. And Pamela Davis, who I think said was not doing anything currently, but was happy to be recognized. Do I have that? Holly. Holly is in Texas doing, um, yeah, MFA in directing, currently looking for internships or summer long apprenticeships. Bay Area, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Look it up. All right. So those are the birthdays, and those are the shows that they sent me. All right. Cool. So uh, my birthday is Jackie Castileo. She, uh, I've acted with her in Bindlestiff. Uh, her birthday is today. Um, Friday, uh, last, uh, yesterday, Jennifer Medeiros, uh, I've acted with her in Candide, a uh, cancer survivor, so her birthday uh, was yesterday. On Sunday, tomorrow, uh, Cheryl Elan, who is, uh, I believe, in L.A., um, model and actress, um, she and I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Uh, also, on Tuesday, Ken Fisher, who is an uh, actor and filmmaker. And his birthday is on Tuesday. Um, there's, I think they still do the 48-hour film festival mm-hmm. in San Francisco, so he, he's been a part of that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Wednesday, uh, Eliza Boyden. Boyden? Yeah, Boyden. Um, talented model, actress, singer. I've acted with her uh, in the Musical Cafe, mm-hmm. and her birthday is Wednesday. As a matter of fact, there's a show that I'm going to promote, and she's in it. A new musical. Oh, great. Um, Thursday, Catherine Heck. Um, I've, a- I've acted with her on One Tend in the Shade, uh, an older actress, and her birthday's Thursday. And that's it. That's all I have. And one more I have. Christian Muir um, is up in the Seattle area now, but she says she is per- currently performing in the Seafarer at the Bainbridge Performing Arts Center. Director Wilson Milam. Very nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you had some more money? Well, it's just Catherine Castellanos. Her birthday was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you guys were. We shouted it out last week. Okay, okay. But, right uh, but yeah, no. I don't have no problem with that. <laughs> any, anything else? Um, shows? I don't have any other shows. I'm uh, getting ready for mine. <laughs> I've got four shows I'm going to pr- uh, promote. Uh, a History of World War II, the Marsh Theater. I've been promoting that. Right. Um, it got extended, right? Yeah. I extended until February the 2nd. John Fisher. That's a one-man show at the Marsh. Also, Honky, oh, the right. Role Players Ensemble Theater is doing Honky. Apparently, I guess it's a comedy on race relations. That, who's in it? Kari. Kari, Kari Moore is in it. January 31st through February the 10th, Honky. So check that out, the Role Players Ensemble. Also, Musical Cafe Cabaret um, is only 
uh, they're doing the show for one night only, February the 3rd, at the Back Room Theater in Berkeley. Uh, are you involved in that at all? What's that? Uh, no, the they, 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 that's a fundraiser, and no, I've got I've got a rehearsal conflict. So. Got it, got it, okay. I know they were talking to you. So They were definitely talking to me about it. Yeah. I was like, why don't they call Edge? Why are you bothering me? <laughs> Who knows? I got a show. Um, and the last show I'm going to promote is Galatea, which is a new rock musical. Oh, yeah. Uh, produced by a company called Counterpulse. I've never heard of Counterpulse. But there's a dance company, is it? Yeah, maybe, maybe. And, oh, is it in their space in San Francisco? Uh, yes. That, I did a reading there last year. It's a gorgeous space. Yeah. So that's only uh, three days. Yeah, 21 days. Yeah. Days. And uh, two good friends of mine, Elizabeth Bolvin, who yeah, I just talked about her birthday, mm-hmm. and also Allison Sasha Ross. Um, she, I stage manager, I believe, Hedda Gobbler, and she's also a NYU alum, along with me. She's in the show, and that's it. Uh, anything else that you got? Uh, I just I'm I'm excited to see uh, Red Velvet um, coming up at the oh, Jewel Theater, Jewel Theater in uh, Santa Cruz. Oh, all the Billingsley is in it. Uh, Jennifer LeBlanc. Um, Damn. Yeah. So that sounds like powerhouse. Yeah. Nice. Very uh, nice. And there's an audition coming up for the Buck and Bill show by Bob Ernst. And if you don't know who Bob Ernst is, he's one of the original Blake Street Hawkeyes, mm-hmm. which is where Whoopi came from, Ellen Sebastian Charles. There are all these folks that um, mm-hmm. that are still, a lot of them still active on one level or another mm-hmm. in, in, the, in this work. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's creating a new show. And he's got auditions coming up January 27th. So. All right. Get out there. Get out there. I'm going to put one uh, quick plug in. Uh, you know, the, oh, we're, right. we're, we're growing. And, uh, you know, people are calling me to, you know, want to... Uh, promote certain things. I'm going to promote a special friend of mine. My good friend Nancy Tung is running for district attorney for San Francisco. And I think it's important even in, uh, on a theater podcast because there's so many theater companies in San Francisco. Right. Yeah. The Exit Theater, the Darkroom Theater, the uh, the Phoenix uh, Theater where Off-Broadway West runs out of. Right. Piano Fight. Um, right. and Magic at UCT. Exactly. Yeah. So theater companies are involved in, you know, how... Um, how safe our environment is mm-hmm. and our community is and right. the patrons who come to theater companies. So in any case, she is, Nancy Tung is running for San Francisco for the district attorney for San Francisco. I've worked with Nancy for several years and I would be thrilled to have her uh, as the, our next DA. Nancy understands that the office of the district attorney is a, isn't a stepping stone. It's a public trust on behalf of the people. I personally see Nancy prosecute corrupt cops consumer fraud cases, and public integrity. San Francisco needs a DA who cares, who has compassion for people of all walks of life, and who won't hesitate to put criminals in jail. If you're a citizen of San Francisco, you have a choice on who will become, who will make San Francisco a safe place to work, play, and live. I'm choosing Nancy Tung, and you should too. Yeah, and that's, and that's where Kamala Harris came from. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, so that is that. Armando, did you have a good time? Yeah. What are, what are you taking off? Uh, well, <laughs> we moved, still planning. We're, well, we moved down to L.A. on oh. about a week, mm-hmm. week from today, I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I go to New York on February so 10th. What is your wife's name? <laughs> Jessica. Jessica. Yes. Is she an actress, too? She is not. All right. Oh. Good job. Is that right? she has family down there? Uh, no, but we actually are going to move into a space um, Room in a house with another couple, oh. also from formerly from Oregon Shakespeare Festival. So oh, they are in nice. the transition from not being there to being in the real world. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll have a good time down there. And everything like that, so. Fantastic. Well, Armando, thank you so much for coming on. And, Thanks for having um, me. Yeah. Been fantastic. All right, here's my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on the upper right hand side and search for the Yay. You'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, just or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. How about your mom? Do you have a um, website or Well, Facebook, if you're looking for a great actor, Armando McLean is the man for you. So, <laughs> exactly. And we, we got to find a better sign off. And <laughs>